So as I'm getting set up here, I'm just going to ramble a little bit. I hope you'll forgive me for that. If you don't, uh, we'll deal with it later. God loves me anyway. God loves you anyways. Um, how many of you enjoyed the songs that we sang this morning? How many of you heard the, the, key, the key message that Jesus is our hope, that Jesus gives us purpose, meaning, life. He brings it all together. I, I really appreciated that this morning. Um, and I appreciate you all being here. We are here because God loves us. And, and, and I want to start there. We're also here, I hope, because we find blessing and peace in God's love for us. February 14th, Valentine's Day, is just a few days away. The day of love, or at least the day of expressing our love. On this day, we send, many of us send cards or notes, letting others know they're loved. These messages are, messages are generally simple expressions of love, I'm going to share a few with you this morning. Maybe one of them will help you send a message to someone you love. You may even recognize some of these as ones you've used. To our friends or acquaintances, we might say, Happy! Eat a ton of chocolate day! Or I like being around you even more than I like candy. Or you're like a turtle, turtly awesome. <laughs> Maybe hope you're happier than Cupid with a new diaper. You're like if candy was people, really sweet. To our children, that message might be, you may get stuck in timeout sometimes but I still think you're out of this world. Not all superheroes come with capes. Some come with big hearts like yours. I love you more than anything in this world, my little sweetheart. May your day be filled with love and joy and a little chocolate. Today, I want to remind you how much I love you. To our parents, I didn't want to leave the, the children, young people out of this. We might say something like, I'm so happy you're my mom and dad. Or maybe it's more, congratulations on such a perfect child. <laughs> happy Valentine's Day. That equals chocolate for dinner, right? I love how you feed me, keep me safe, and feed me. You're the greatest. Just so you know, I'm never too old for candy. Chocolate is never a bad idea. Our spouse or special loved ones, the message may be a little more personal. 
Never forget, I love you more than coffee, but not necessarily before coffee. My first love might have been a truck, but you're my most precious love. Sometimes God is too generous. The proof is that he gave me you. Being with you is like standing in the sunshine. It makes me feel warm all over. Throughout the years, my love for you has only deepened. And just so you know, it shows no signs of stopping. We appreciate being told we're loved. Even with some pretty cheesy and unusual ways. We appreciate that. We like seeing and hearing statements of appreciation, affection, and love. It helps us feel good about ourselves. It makes us feel valued. Sharing our love is important for these reasons. This morning, I would like to share a statement of God's love for us with you. God's message of acceptance, appreciation, and love is very simple. I love you no matter what. I love you no matter what is what God's word tells us about him. You see, God loved us when we didn't love him. And his love for us will never change. Probably the most quoted verse in the Bible John 3.16 is a straightforward statement of God's love for all. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Pretty simple. We quote it all the time. Do we hear it? God so loved that he gave his only son. 1 John 4.10 uses these words to describe God's love for us. This is true love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the sacrifice to cover our sin. See, we didn't love God. He loved us. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty cool statement. You see, while it might take us time to determine whether we love God, God's love for us is set. God loves us no matter what. Just knowing that God loves us is a pretty awesome thing. But this love becomes even more amazing when we understand just when he loved us. Romans 5.8 says, God demonstrated his love for us in this way. While we were still sinners, while we were separated for God, not wanting anything to do with God, Christ, God's Son, 
died for us. He took away the penalty for our sin. He paid the price of our sin. When did he do that? Before we loved him. Before we even cared about him. When we were erasing him from the picture, God loved us. Pretty cool thought. I spent some time trying to put this into words to explain it better, to wrap my mind around it, but I just couldn't come up with any. As I was looking for help, I found a video by a young lady named Hosanna Wong. She's a spoken word artist. And I think she does a pretty good job of putting this into words. I'd like to ask you to join me in listening to her expression of what she sees here. See, you're a greatly loved child of God. I don't know, does that stick you right here? Greatly loved child of God. So what does this mean? As Hosanna said, it means that we have been and are greatly loved. Unconditionally loved. There's no strings, there's no borders, there's no boxes, there's no requirements. God loves us. You see, God loved and loved us regardless of what we were or are, what we did or are doing, what we thought or are thinking. God loves us when we had or maybe have no love for him. Yes, he loved us then and he loves us now. If you're one of those people like I am at times trying to do things to make God love you, the message is you can stop. You don't have to try to make God loves you. God loves you. We don't have to meet any standard. God loves us. It just grabs me and shakes me when I think about it. When Satan tells us we're not good enough for God's love, he's right. We aren't. And we can't be. The good news is, it doesn't matter. God loves us no matter what. No matter who we were, no matter who we are, no matter what we will be, God loves us. That's the good news. That's the great news this world needs to hear. God loves you. God loves me. God loves us. God loves us despite our past. He even loves us today, and that's really cool. But what about the future? Will he stop loving us? After all, we know from the world we love it, live in that love often grows cold. 
People may find out we think oatmeal raisin cookies are better than chocolate chip cookies and stop loving us. That sounds feeble, but that's the reality. We may do something that hurts someone or that they don't agree with and they stop loving us. They stop caring for us. You know, people just may change the way they think about us and not love us. I'm just saying, love can be fleeting in the world we live in. And we tend to think of God's love that way. It seems like people fall in and out of love for all kinds of reasons. The good news is, the really good news is, God will not Stop loving us. The good news is God will not stop loving us. Is that good news? God will not stop loving us. Paul, in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, puts it this way. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons... Neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Think with me for a couple minutes about these things that can't separate us from the love of God. Now the context of this verse is the assurance of God's love for those who believe in Jesus Christ, despite the challenges and threats faced in this life we live. Paul lists several things that we might think can separate us from the love of God. Some of us have fought with some of these things in our own lives, thinking they can separate us from the love of God. Scripture tells us they can't. Death, where we die, how we die, what we're doing when we die, where we're buried, how we're buried. None of those things can separate us from the love of God. How about life? Where you go to school, the church you attend, the community you live in, your occupation, the people we know our social status, whether we have or don't have children, whether we send our kids to public school or a private school, whether we read the New International Version, the Old King James Version, the New American Standard Version. You know what? None of those things can separate us from the love of God. How about spiritual powers? I find it interesting that Paul says that angels, heavenly beings, and demons, satanic beings, have nothing to do with God's love for us. Think about that for a minute. That's a pretty cool message. 
They have no effect. The present, what I'm doing, what I'm thinking right now, what I am, what I look like, how old or young I am, how rich or poor I am, none of those things can separate us from the love of God. The future, surely the future can separate us from the love of God, right? Paul says the future can't. Where I go, what happens tomorrow or next year, my personal success or failure, the college I choose to attend, the college I choose to drop out of, the job I take, none of those things can separate us from the love of God. And then he says height or depth. Whether we're on the mountaintop or the deepest trench in the ocean, our location can't separate us from the love of God. This could also be social status. It could be the part of the world I live in. It could be my emotional state, what I think about myself, my feelings. See, none of those things can separate us from the love of God. Oh, and then just in case something might have been forgotten, like a good attorney, Paul adds one more. A statement that covers anything else we might think of. That all-inclusive statement or anything else in all of creation. This passage tells us that things, people, feelings, life experiences, experiences, even spiritual beings cannot separate us from God's love. God says, I love you no matter what. That's a pretty big statement. I love you no matter what. We as believers can have confidence that no matter what happens, no matter the circumstances, no matter where we are, no matter what we feel, God loves us. There will be times when life isn't pleasant. As a matter of fact, it's very difficult. And we'll wonder where God is. In those times, we can be assured God loves us. We may get caught up in sin or make some bad choices. But you know what? Are you with me? Do you know what? God loves us. Isn't that a great message? God loves us. We may feel alone and like nobody cares. But we can be sure God loves us. While the great news is God loves us no matter what, there is something that will cause us not to experience, not to feel God's love. I want to assure you this does not change God's love for us 
but it does change our ability to sense, to feel, and to experience God's love. Let's go back to John chapter 3. Verses 16 to 19 of this chapter tell us what causes us not to experience, not to feel, not to sense the love of God. These verses say, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him, whoever accepts what Scripture tells us about Jesus and what he did for us, shall not perish but have eternal life. Experience God's love forever. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, to cause the world not to experience his love, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. The thing that prevents us from experiencing God's love, from feeling God's love, from knowing God's love, is denying what he tells us we need to do. We need to bow our hearts to him. We need to accept Jesus as our Savior. We need to accept what Jesus did for us. Then we can experience God's love. The truth is, God loves us even when we don't believe. But it's hard to experience love if I'm not willing to reach out and take a hold of that love. And that's what God wants us to do. In order to truly, fully experience the love of God, we must accept, believe that God has provided the way Jesus for us to experience his love. This is the choice we must make. I can't make that choice for you. Our parents can't make that choice for us. Our pastor can't make that choice for us. We have to make that choice ourselves. If you want to experience God's love, accept his love. Accept what Jesus has done for you. For those of us who have believed, we can take comfort in the fact that God loves us no matter what. For those of us who haven't believed, you can take comfort in the fact that God loves you no matter what, but he wants you to come to him. We may think we're unlovable, when we think we're unlovable, we need to remember that God loves us. We may think life is just too hard. Life is not fair. Things aren't going the way I think they should. At those times, we need to reach out and grab the love that God has for us because God loves us. We may think we're not good enough. I'm just too bad of a person. I fail too many times. Too often I don't do what I know God wants me to do. 
I really am not a very loving person toward God. Why should God love me? I don't deserve his love. The reality is God loves us no matter what. God loved us before we loved him and there is nothing that can separate us from the love he has for us. You see, God loves us no matter what. Let me pray. God, this is a very simple message, but one that I need to remind myself of. I am not good enough for your love. I don't deserve your love. Yet you give me your love. You loved me before I loved you. You loved me before I cared about you. You love all of us. And Father, you want us to come to you. I pray, Father, that as we go through our lives, as we go through our daily struggles, we could remember that you love us no matter what. Thank you for your word, Father, in your name. Amen.